feel kind of lost. Like, I've, I've, <laughs> like, like I don't know what to do or where to go. Or <laughs> What do people do with their free time? I, I don't understand. Now that I've lost something, it's like, I, uh, I, I do actually feel a little lost. It's crazy. I don't know, something about that old saying about you are a plant with complicated emotions, drink your water and sit out in the sun for a little bit. <laughs> that is, that, I, that's good. That's really good. It's not the first time Murdoch said that to me, but I think that's the first time you said it on air and I really like that saying. It's the first time I've heard it. I, I like it. It's mine now. <laughs> well, oh. hi, welcome to Indulgently Minimal. I am Moggy and I am joined today by Jeff. Hey, up, guys. And Murdoch. Hello, everyone. And today we're going to be treading into uncharted waters for us. We are going to be talking about the very difficult situation that seems to be happening across the internet right now with certain services, mostly social media services, going through a very difficult, even troubling period. And we want to talk about that. We want to talk about it from the perspective of... Let's call this Tech Grief 2, the services we have lost along the way. That's far more respectful than Tech Grief 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, we, we didn't expect Tech Grief 1 to be foreshadowing at all. <laughs> no, I did not expect to be coming back here yet, at least so no. quickly. Lads mm -hmm. were secretly geniuses, we just didn't know it. That's what this is. Professional geniuses. <laughs> Professional geniuses. We've, we've given ourselves promotions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, should we stop beating around the bush? And mm -hmm. specifically, I would say Reddit and Twitter are the main problem areas, shall we say. They have certainly become the problem children of the internet. Um, yes. It's, it's been, I mean, problems for two different reasons, but kind of, kind of similar reasons. But Twitter has been uh, an experience to see from afar, not because I don't particularly use the service, but watching mm. it from afar, it has been perplexing what has happened. Yeah, I mean, as a podcast, we did quietly drop off Twitter. We didn't really want to make a big deal of it. We just stopped using it, stopped talking mm. about it. I didn't use Twitter that much, so very much the same. It's kind of been a, what's going on over there? Oh boy, okay, let's go back over here. <laughs> then Reddit I went through some very troubling times and I think it does have some very similar vibes where the way I like to put it the those in charge have started to put their finger on the scales and since both of these services were mostly supposed to be about people sharing their thoughts their ideas Twitter became almost like a public service you were getting like fire departments telling you don't go over here there's a fire we're dealing with it Mm. Now you can't even trust that because the people in charge are manipulating things. They're changing things and it's just devastated trust. Not to mention mm. Reddit specifically have made some changes that have been very detrimental to, yes, a minority of users, but users who needed people to look after them, like uh, specifically blind users have been very much disenfranchised yeah. by these changes. The accessibility the, features yeah. are need to be a core of like product design these days. They, they're, 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 they're critical and vital for, for everybody to be able to use these services. And, and it's not malicious either. Like so many of these features, they were never even a part of like the official Reddit experience. It was third parties that went, okay, we got this. People who need these services, we got you. And Reddit just didn't care. And that's what Reddit has done. I mean, for those that don't know... 
Reddit has effectively removed all third-party support. So the only way to access it is through its official uh, official apps or official app, which doesn't have these accessibility tools. Yeah, but this isn't only happening on these services. It does seem to be a larger scale thing that is affecting a lot of internet companies. The YouTube experience hasn't been great of late. We've, we've been seeing it and noticing it a lot more frequently as of late, simply mm-hmm. because I think that process has accelerated. And there is a very excellent article by the ever-wonderful Cory Doctorow. We will link it in the show notes for those who want to listen to it. The title is not for our family-friendly podcast, but he does describe that process in detail. And it's, again, something that's all over the internet right now. It's a very popular article because of how well it explains the issue. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of nice to say, oh, so that's what's happening. Oh, right. Okay. Because I don't know about you guys, my muscle memory immediately, I opened my phone <laughs> and my Reddit was in like the top left hand <laughs> corner and my muscle memory just goes there on my, I've replaced it with something else, but it's not, it's a different thing. It's not the same. And yeah. sometimes I just stare at my coffee. Oh, you're getting ahead of us, morning. Oh, just... this, is, this is, you're getting into like episode two, three territory here. Let's oh. uh, bring it back. <laughs> Some foreshadowing. No, no, oh, we call it's that been, foreshadowing. It's, it's been, no, it's been replaced by my email because that was the next one on the, on the uh. thing. So now I just open up my email and it's just, yeah, oh, I... something new to look at. <laughs> here, here's your phone bill. Thanks. 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 <laughs> I think my Siri recommended apps has been very confused over the past few weeks. But yet we've stopped using Reddit. Like I can no longer use the service in good conscience. It's just how I feel. I'm not telling Mm -hmm. people that's what they should do. That's the decision I've made. And I don't oh. know what to do with myself. Like I was my, <laughs> that was my like. Oh, I have five minutes that need killing, and I don't want to be alone with my own thoughts. Ooh, Reddit. Mm-hmm. For for these services, like it has taken me a long time to sort of figure out a way that you know, figure out a way to use them that serves me. And now everything is different, and I can't use it the way like I can't use these services the way I used to. And it is really, really frustrating. <laughs> I got everything the way I liked it. I got my coffee. I got my cream in the coffee. It's the perfect <laughs> consistency. And then you just came over and poured more coffee and hard back the coffee and uh, cigarettes episode. Yes. Oh, coffee and cigarettes movie in the coffee episode. <laughs> Love that movie. Mm, that mo- Love that movie. movie. <laughs> but yeah, you got everything perfect and it takes forever to sort of cater your experience and get all your settings right and have everything done in a particular way, especially with something like Reddit, which was very customizable with what you saw. Used you be. got it perfectly down and then it's just gone or yeah. ruined. And it's like, did you really have to kick over my Legos? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's actually what we want to focus on today. We don't really want to add to the pile of complaining and the articles analyzing and the general noise surrounding these issues. It's more the effect that this has on us, the users, us, the individual that we want to talk about today. And that's why it's Tech Grief 2. We've already talked about this process, how it is a form of grief, where when we lose something, we talked about, you know, Jeff's iPods slowly circling the washing machine. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's... Why'd you you have to bring it back, man? (laughs) (laughs) The healing process had begun and I've just ripped it. Yeah. (laughs) It's the same thing. And I think there is a grief process, but there is also an opportunity, which is how we're going to sort of finish the episode today. But first of all, let's talk about losing the service if you feel like you have lost it. Yeah, it's like it brings in a sense of there's a sense of comfort with uh, something that you use and see every day. 
and there's a sense of familiarity and routine and it's kind of nice. And then when that's gone, whether by choice or somebody else taking it from you or whatever, it kind of, uh, it just highlights the, okay, well, something's changed. I don't like change. Something's (laughs) different. That's making me anxious. And then you look, you, you look into the out, so the the overall world of the internet, and you see everything's changing. Everything's going into the same direction. It just yeah. it just brings all this anxiety in about well, what's what's happening? Where am I going to look at my capybaras and my guinea pigs with hats on? Where am I going to go for that? There is uh, a lot of anxiety out there. There is a general feeling, and I don't know if it's accurate. I think hmm. everybody's always predicting the end of the world, so to speak. Whether it's the the end of the universe, the end of the world as we know it, or the end of our little world. Like, oh no, the moderators are shutting my forum down. It's... It, it, it is a little bit odd as well. Like, the, the internet has formed its own culture. The, the same way you know, countries have their own culture. Like, the internet has its own culture. Especially it for really those does. of us that grew up in it. Mm. Uh, and especially to go for the changes in that culture and the changes of different the cultures of different parts of the internet. Hmm? It's Twitter has a, well, had a different <laughs> culture to say like you know uh, youtube or reddit or tumblr these are all like these little domains that all have mm-hmm. their own unique quirks and sort of cultures and ways of doing things and we're kind of losing that mm-hmm. with the way things are going and it's sad it, it is it especially is. because it's not a choice mm. this isn't like yeah. oh i'm not going to use this anymore because it's not like I can't go to that park anymore because I'm moving house. They are bulldozing the park. They are turning mm-hmm. it into something else. And I think that's what people are feeling. Like there is what I was going to say before. There is this feeling that we're moving into the next stage of something. Some people are even saying this is what Web 3.0 is actually going to be because the crypto thing wasn't anything. It was just a scam. And there's, you know, there's all sorts of articles. People are saying it's going to be this, it's going to be that. And there's both an excitement and an anxiety as we sort of, there's a feeling that things are ending, but it's a feeling. It's not a certainty. Hmm. I mean, the anxiety always comes from the uncertainty is where the anxiety lies in. And it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens because there's people that are financially interested in where the internet is going and it's making them very very anxious for obvious reasons of course and then on the and then on the other side the people that are just there for the adventure there's an anxiety there but there's also i have no idea what's going to happen i have no idea what the future is going to be this is a very interesting time that we haven't seen for a long long you know for for, you know for on it for a good few decades i'd say with the internet so that's that's exciting the move from web 1.0 to web 2.0 which was it, that's an ethereal concept in of itself, but that was mostly the move from small, discrete websites and BB forums, IRC. Everybody went to a specific place. You went to Cheeseburger for your memes. You went to IRC for your chat. Web 2.0 was the kind of user-generated content. This was the birth of Facebook, of YouTube where hmm. suddenly things started to come together and you had the likes of Dig and Reddit that would correlates all of these discrete sites into one place and it was like both bigger and smaller at the same time it was like like 1.0 was you know a spread of tiny little nations across the internet world and 2.0 was like the time of the aggregator yeah and, mm. and the empire building yeah now and who knows we're seeing it and now we're, oh now we're seeing yeah there are fractures clearly and there are and there, and there are new challenges rise so i think it's worth talking at least on this week's episode about the cause of all of this because 
I think part of the grieving process, the part of losing things, you have to... And we talked about this recently. It's it's scary. We didn't plan any of this. This has all kind of happened as events have overtaken us. But there's a self-reflection involved, looking in and going, why am I upset that I'm losing something? Because as much as we like to call it a grief process, it's not the same as losing a, a loved one. That is a very deep and traumatic event it's this mm. we're using the the metaphor but it's it well, it's different. a different loss it's yeah. a different loss it's still a loss it's still valid it's not as severe but mm -hmm. it's still a loss yeah so is, yeah. that reflection is important because i think it does tie into something that we've alluded to a lot but never maybe addressed completely is that social media hasn't really been the best thing for us anyway i saw a meme and I saw a meme on one of the platforms that we're losing. So this is kind of all interconnected in a very strange way. But they, they was asking someone who's seen the Lord of the Rings movie was asking someone else, I don't understand the whole Denethor thing. Why is he so crazy? Like, yes, his son died, but he seems to really overreact in, the, in this movie. And I said, yes, well, in the book, it explains it far more that he's got a Palantir and that he's trying to see what's going on in the world, but the Palantir is being controlled by Sauron, Saruman, I don't remember which. And he's only being shown the worst parts of the world. The only things he's seeing makes him think that the whole world is always ending. And the reply was like, oh, okay, so he's uh, an old guy who's watching Fox News and getting all of his news through social media. I understand perfectly now. <laughs> and it's an uncomfortable truth that, yeah, social media has turned many of us into very cynical, negative people because we're seeing both the absolute pinnacle best of some people, like so-called influencers that are showing us this tiny window into a carefully curated view of their perfect life. Or we're seeing all the bad news that's happening everywhere all at once. And it makes you think like the world is about to end. And I don't think that's good for our psyche. Hmm. It's been documented again and again and again with social media. The We're seeing with social media the absolute havoc it's wrought over the past 15 to 20 years in terms of uh, mental well-being and what it's done to uh, the concept of neutrality and understanding what's going on in the world. It's not been good. It's not been fun. The the hamsters and guinea pigs with hats has been great, <laughs> but I don't know if it's a worthy trade-off. Yeah. For me, personally speaking, like, I've, I've learned very early on to, like, limit my usage of social media at large. It has not been good <laughs> for me personally. A lot of people seem to handle it just fine. I have been not so lucky, basically. Mm. I've been not so lucky and I've had to learn to sort of like navigate these spaces very carefully and curate what works for me mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, the generic consumption of social media that most people have grown accustomed to. It's kind of like going through a food market and you've got all, you've got all this stuff in front of you, you've got all these sights and smells and it all looks wonderful and it takes time going through all of these things to learn out what absolutely does you in. You know, gastronomically the wise, deal. <laughs> you know, the smoked eel, which we've talked about before. It's delicious, but I can't eat it. It kills me. Mm -hmm. But it's the, it's the similar thing with social media and the internet. You, you can go through this wonderful thing and there's all these sights and smells. And after a while, you realize, well, okay, this is really good for like five minutes, but I'm in absolute agony for days afterwards. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to curate what's going on, but it's difficult because it's also loud and it's there and it's exciting and... 
they're throwing, you know, parties and you know for a fact that thing that absolutely kills you for a few days is delicious for those five minutes and it's wonderful. Mm. And the temptation is so severe to stay with it and and stick with it. It's, uh, well, it's addictive is, is what it is. That is a part of it. That is a part of it. I think one small aspect of the grief we may be experiencing at the moment is that the tools which we have learned to use to sort of filter out excess noise are slowly being taken, not slowly actually, yeah. <laughs> very quickly being yeah. taken away from us so that we can't see. We can't filter version. anymore. We yep. can't yeah. filter in this. Uh, what you're describing is exactly what the Dr. O article describes, which yep. of course you'd say that, you read it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's an excellent article. It, I can't stress enough how good it is and that's why we'll, we will link it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. The filtering that you're describing, the ability to add certain, like Reddit, you could add subreddits and only see their content. I know for many years I used Reddit like an image board. All I saw was like cute pictures and fun pictures and, oh, this person drew this and, oh, this person took a picture of that. And Twitter was very much the same. You could follow the people that were interesting to you, hear their thoughts, see what they were sharing from other people and your little media bubble would grow as you added your interests. Mm -hmm. And this was what Dr. O describes as the first point where the services try to hook you in by Mm -hmm. giving you all of these delicious treats. And then the second stage is you're trying to attract money into the platform. And that's when you start to add the influencers and the businesses and, oh, follow McDonald's on Twitter and get a coupon. This starts to attract money into the service. And then finally, they want the money for themselves and they start to try and extract it. And what's happened with like Twitter is your ability to filter and curate your timeline has slowly been eroded and even removed to the point where you're seeing tweets from people you don't want to see. Mm -hmm. You're seeing content you don't want to see. And I don't have a problem with people filtering their social media. I do think it's important that as people, we have a wide view on what's going around so that we don't end up in echo chambers. But Mm. at the same time, there's certain things that I just don't want to see. They upset me and Mm -hmm. I don't need it. There's a, um, I don't know if we mentioned it before with with advertisement and how it it could be considered a form of violence. Yeah. Uh, You should be able to go to these services and not have to be sold things constantly yeah things that you you know things that you have no control over seeing because you can no longer filter them out it's like at least with the television or podcast or or radio you can kind of just mute it when the adverts come on walk away make a cup of tea you can't do that with social media a lot of the time especially with things like twitter now because it's just there it's constantly in your timeline well it's a very valid point you're making jeff because in a lot of ways social media has become advertising the, mm-hmm. the tweets, the Reddit threads that are being pushed into your timeline are adverts. And the reason that I have said that I consider advertising a form of violence is that a lot of modern advertising doesn't try to fill a need that you have. It tries to create a need that it then fulfills. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's literally making you feel unhappy. It's the, it's the old comparison as the thief of joy. It's what it does. It makes you compare yourself to whatever they're selling and yeah. you don't have it because they're selling it to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's one part. That's, that's a very, very important part about the aggressive nature of advertising. 
The other aspect I want to address is the very, very aggressive sort of maximization of engagement that is happening with a lot of these platforms. Mm. They want to keep you in there for as long as possible. For as long as, as you were saying, they want to keep you in there for as long as possible. And they have, they have figured out how to do that. You could open up an app and suddenly be drawn into a good period. Whereas you were initially planning to spend five minutes to check on something. You end up in there for like 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour of just mindlessly scrolling very noisy content that just yeah. scrambles your brain. Mm-hmm. We've seen it with the rise of short form content. Yeah. Know, TikTok and YouTube shorts and whatnot. You can, you know, I, I've been there, you know, it's like, it's like 10 o'clock at night. I need to go to bed and I will just scroll through the YouTube shorts, not because I'm interested or not because I want to, but because it's... You're compelled to. I'm compelled. Mm-hmm. To, I don't. I have no interest in any of the stuff I'm seeing. I don't care. It's not interesting to me, but I keep doing it. Yeah. And it's it's kind of scary in a way. Mm-hmm. It's insidious. I mean, sometimes and, you get to see a guinea pig with a hat on, and that's great. But I don't think it's worth all the other stuff. And, oh, no, no, definitely and, not. and it's so relevant to what we talk about because this is where we are completely butting up against indulging minimally, minimizing the indulgence. That's pretty much it. If we're to be engaging with something, we need to have a, a control over it. And these platforms appear to have decided that less control is better for their bottom line. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's the ultimate reason for all of this is that we always talk about how the grass is greener in quarter three. For them, nothing else exists except the next quarter. They have to increase profits. They have to, more and more money has to be made from something. And because they have investors and because they go public and which is you know part of Reddit's thing, they can't just be happy with the small team who, you know, who created this thing and making enough money to continue making this thing. They have to make more and more and more. And it just, it's corporate indulgence and it's mm-hmm. all consuming and it's not good for us. Mm-hmm. It's not. I'm, I don't like in this podcast to make absolute statements because I do feel that what we're talking about is endlessly subjective. And I hate telling people what to do, what to think. I really want to encourage people to make their own mind up. But this kind of corporate indulgence, it only has a negative effect on us, those that are subjected to it. Hmm. Well, it's a spiral downwards. We've seen it previously with non-social media companies. And now we're seeing it with social media companies. It's just, this is what happens when you have that extreme (laughs) short-sighted. It's funny, Jeff. You're saying we've seen this with other companies. And yes, YouTube is guilty of a lot of this because of the increase in advertisements but with the absolute dumpster fire that's happening right now in some places like my initial instinct was that simpsons moment of google no and then google's there like (laughs) what oh sorry force of habit reddit no (laughs) (laughs) it's like google's finally sat there going oh my god we're not the ones ruining everything today we need to work on that guys what can we what what can we ruin today For, for a company that's notorious for like, you know, butchering perfectly working services. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the initial plan for Tech Grief 2 was to talk about all of the services that Google have killed over the years, and that's just gone by the wayside completely. <laughs> like, Does anyone remember things... Google Reader? Oh, well, you know, nope. <laughs> Overshadowed completely. Uh, <laughs> Google Talk, and then what was it? Google, like, 
Was there social Hangouts. platform? <laughs> yeah, there was Google Hangouts. There was Google, Google Plus. Oh, they tried so Google many Plus. things. Google Plus. Google Plus <laughs> became sort of like a buy-in to their chat platform, and then they nixed it, and then their yeah. chat platform no. sort of died twice. <laughs> they never really got the hang of it, and now maybe that's working for them. But anyway, what I want to finish on today is because this episode has been far more negative than I like in our episodes, mm. I want to focus on the next steps because this is part of our next three-part series where the next two episodes are going to be more positive mm -hmm. as we look at the ways of approaching this problem, dealing with this problem, and ultimately moving on because that's how we approach grief is that we first allow ourselves to feel the grief, we process the grief, we then take space and quiet to work through that so that when we emerge and go on to our next step, we're doing so mindfully and in control as opposed to just grabbing the next shiny yeah. social media service that just happens to have launched this exact time. And go, <laughs> Ooh, this will, this looks exactly like what I was wanting. Never mind that it's uh, trying to take all of my data and oh, it's pushing all oh the same God. influences. It's, it's and stuff. so terrifying how much <laughs> data it scrapes from you. Also, what's also, I mean, what's also kind of scary about it is it's the name of the social media service. I don't know if we want to say it here. But on, I don't really want to. Go for it. <laughs> so this this new thing from from, from Facebook, what is it called? Threads? Insta threads? Instagram introduces threads, or it's threads by Instagram. It, yeah, because they, they because use the Instagram. Instagram is the only because... popular thing they have left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's called threads, and this is in a time of everything going to absolute chaos. Yeah. But for those in the UK, they may remember a short film or I can't remember if it was a short film or a short TV series called Threads about mm. the nuclear apocalypse or a fictional <laughs> nuclear apocalypse. You can't make and this up. <laughs> so every time I see Threads, I just go back to... Th and now it's... If for anybody that's seen it, I don't want to talk too much about it. It's very, very traumatic. Mm. And that's all I see when I think of, when I hear threads. And it's like, nah, oh, this isn't good. This is a little on the news. Yeah. Uh, I, was, no. I, was, I, was, I was thinking, bored, they're stranding. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Kind of not dissimilar, not dissimilar. Well, this this is us processing what's happening as we hang on to our last <laughs> thread of sanity. Yeah, ah. we gra we're grasping at threads. Yeah, grasping mm -hmm. at straws. Oh my god, maybe the next maybe the next social media interactivity platform will be made by Hideo Kojima and it will Ooh. be so weird and obtuse <laughs> that we'll spend our entire lives working out what's going on and we'll never really know. I still don't understand the ending of Death Stranding. But you'll have mm -hmm. fun as you go through it. There's another isn't they they're making a sequel anyway, so maybe mm -hmm. he'll <laughs> I don't know if that if that worked for the Metal Gear Solid fans. Finally, everything will be explained yes, this time. Yes, because the Metal Gear Solid <laughs> games got more understandable and sensible as they went on. Yes, it's a known phenomenon. <laughs> I, I, I have no answers, only more questions. <laughs> Help. I was like... <laughs> Well, it's like Metal Gear Solid 2. Okay, so this is interesting. It's We've started out and it ends with a naked ninja cartwheeling around. <laughs> holding. It, that, that is how the game ends. And then it's... I mean, I love them. I love them. I love them. But man, Hideo Kojima is a strange, strange, strange storyteller. He yeah. is. He is. But, okay, so for me, the positives that's coming from this is the topic of next week's show, which is the ability to step back. That's what I've done. I have uninstalled Reddit from my phone. I wasn't really a Twitter user to begin with. And I've kind of taken a step back and I'm trying to recalibrate how I spend my time. And as much as sort of like I'm trying to read a few more books, 
mostly I'm just trying to not do anything. And I think this is a great time for us to reevaluate how we use the internet at large. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a microcosm and it's a good way to, as you say, to we can look at it, step back and evaluate everything by mm -hmm. using this as an example. You know, how do we want to engage with the internet? How do we want to engage with our phones? Our phones have become a meme at this point as to how addicted we can be to our little dopamine hits, scrolling, scrolling, tweeting, liking, all the rest of it. But at the same time, it's also a good time to kind of look back on what made us so excited in the first place. Again, there is an article that we will also link in the show notes from, and if she ever hears this, I really hope I pronounced your name correctly. I am trying my best. Maria Delano. And she wrote an amazing article talking about what drew so many of us online in the first place. People that may have needed these online spaces to really connect with other people that were like us or find safe places to talk about things that were difficult to talk about in the real world space. Mm. And there is like a part of grief can be about letting go. Like, okay, this is the natural process of things and away it goes and we will move on and grow. And another part can be, no, I am not letting this dream die. The internet was going to be this amazing place that was going to allow all of human knowledge to be freely accessible. And we we're going to be able to connect across language barriers, across countries, and really figure out what united us as human beings. And I agree with her. I am not ready to let that yeah. go. Hmm. And that's the thing. That's whilst every, all of this is going on, that is still out there. The same people that had those dreams, the same people that made that a reality are still there. And the people that wanted to have those conversations are still there. It hasn't all gone away. It's just the tools that we, we were using are mm -hmm. changing or being taken away from us. But that doesn't mean that there aren't new tools out there. And there are. There are new tools out there. We'll talk about it next week. I'm very excited about it. All in all, there's just a lot of exciting stuff happening. And I'm excited to be there at the well not the start of it but jumping in jumping into it there's mm. a greek word that means in the beginning it's genesis funny that that's where that comes from <laughs> that's where it feels like we are it's not necessarily we're at the start of something but we're in this embryonic beginning phase something is happening maybe we're entering the next phase possibly that's what it feels like. There's a lot of maybes floating around. Mm. And the great thing is, is we can, as a, as an online community, um, as an online civilization, you know, because this is a global thing. It's everybody's involved. It's not just, you know, the West or, you know, America. It's everybody. Everybody's involved from all over the world. And we can go into this brave new different type of doing things with all the lessons we've learned about how bad and damaging certain parts of social media and networking can be. Mm -hmm. We didn't know that before, and now we do. Yeah, and there are options. That's the crazy thing. It's not like, unfortunately, there's nothing we can all just jump to immediately and go, come on, guys, we're all heading over here. Mm -hmm. But there is something called the Fediverse that I also want to have a look into, which seems to decentralize a lot of the control over these platforms and tries to hand it back to the users. And again, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if this is the right thing, but it's, it's hopeful. 
there, there isn't there is reasons to hope and not be so anxious that everything's just going to burn down and we're going to have to go back to rubbing sticks together to make fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a small point to make. Well, I was going to ask for final thoughts anyway, so carry on. <laughs> well, very good timing then. Well, there, there's definitely changes happening at the moment, and it is, you know, affecting people in very severe ways. People are angry. People are sad about the loss of these services. People are anxious, and it's, it's visible across the board. And I think this change is sort of an alarm to take a moment, acknowledge that this is happening to you, take a moment and sort of like start reflecting as to why this is affecting you. It's important to take some time for yourself, but Mm -hmm. it is also important to remember that a lot of these social services are are based around communities. So maybe it's a good time to sit down and connect with people. Connect with your community. Connect with your community, connect with your friends, connect with family. I've been doing a bit more of that recently, and it's been it's been surprisingly soothing, and it's sad to say that, but it has been great going out and seeing people, or, you know, talking mm. to an old friend. Social media promised us that we would no longer lose in touch with friends as our lives moved on, and I think we've forgotten there are other ways of doing that other than social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're right. And it's also an opportunity for those of us who made real communities in the online space to reconnect with those in positive ways. I was about to say I miss IRC. Like I remember so many positive memories of connecting with people over this strange little text-based Matrix-esque system. And Mm. there's still things out there. There's Discord, there's Skype, there's Google meeting teams whatever <laughs> there are we there are more ways than ever before to connect with what is a real human being on the other end of it that is your friend mm-hmm. and we don't necessarily need all these convoluted systems to support that when ultimately hi how are you it's I'm it's, fine, it's thanks, a communication thanks, tool <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a communication tool yeah. we need yeah. to remember that yeah Jeff, do you have anything you want to add to this before we sign off? I don't think I could put it better than what Murdoch uh, has just said, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay, great. Well, I really do hope that you've enjoyed listening to this, even if it was a more difficult episode than usual. We're hoping to come back next week with something far more positive, really look towards the future, so join us for that. We've been Indulgently Minimal. You can find us on Instagram. We do try to post a lot there. Still a good place to be. So we are Indulgently Minimal on Instagram. We've just recently set up a coffee account. So you can find us there. uh, ko-fi.com forward slash Indulgently Minimal. We'll put a link in the show notes. If you enjoy what we do and you want to help us keep doing it, do consider buying us a coffee on there. Any thoughts, questions, anything you want to add to our conversation, you can email us at indulgentlyminimal at gmail.com. I've been Moggy, and I've been joined today by Jeff. Thanks, guys. Remember to go easy on yourselves. And Murdoch. And remember, folks, indulge just a little. Thanks for joining us. See you for the next one. Bye. See you later, guys. Take care, everyone.